to also remind the audience that it is possible uh, to call to call at any moment uh, the radio and to ask questions and to have comments uh, or to also ask for your favorite song. Um, the phone number is uh, 9201-3007. So I would like to introduce you uh, the students behind uh, the letter, or some of them, three of them, to be absolutely precise. Hello. Hi. Hello. Yes. Hello. And I have to also mention that this is the first time I do a radio uh, show, so <laughs> I'm not uh, fully aware of all the buttons yet. Hi, do you hear me? Yes. yes. We hear you. <laughs> Yes, so thank you so much for coming tonight. Um, first of all, I would like to ask you a little bit like, um, because as we know, um, I mean, Kiyo is a, is a huge institution. It's actually the biggest art education institution in the country, in Norway. Um, it has six departments. Uh, it has uh, yeah, hundreds of students and staff. Um, so this is a really big um, institution, but also uh, it, it has been uh, sort of built on the idea that uh, different art departments should come together. So it, this is also something that is quite specific. I mean, it's a school, I think it was opened uh, maybe 10 or 12 years ago. Uh, uh, and it has, uh, each department has also a very long history behind. Um, so we have the, the design, we have the fine arts, we have the arts and craft, the theaters, the opera, the ballet, um, and I'm probably missing out on some of the details also within the departments and so on. Uh, so uh, when, uh, of course, when these departments come together, it also creates, I mean, I think there was also like a few years of adaptation to the new context and also create a new hierarchy, we can say. But for you as students, of course, I mean, basically the idea of bringing these departments together was also to kind of facilitate um, a sort of interdisciplinary idea of art, uh, which is basically the reality of art uh, practice today. So I would, first of all, really would like to know like uh, how, uh, I mean, who you are. I mean, I know that you don't necessarily want to have your being be named, but uh, who you are and which departments you were from and which in which time in your studies and so on. Uh, yes, I am um, on, my, uh, on my second year at the Masters in Theatre, at the Theatre Department at KU. Third year uh, at the Art Academy. Um, I graduated from the Design Department uh, last summer. So Can this you summer. Right? talk a little bit more in the mic? <laughs> um, I graduated from the Design Department from Graphic Design Administration. So you graduated uh, from the BA or from the MA? From the BA. Yes. So, okay. So when you were, uh, yeah, so when you were writing together that letter, you were at the end of the, mm. of the BA. Yeah. And I, I imagine that uh, a lot of the other students as well have now uh, left the school, the ones that were part of this initiative. Yes. And that That's now true. new students uh, are joining also a little bit the group or the movement in a way. As we know, there was a huge uh, a gathering uh, last uh, Friday, I believe, 
uh, where about 150 students were gathered in front of the school uh, to, to read uh, the letter that we had collectively written in June 2020 and, and, uh, and gather. I, I'm not totally, uh, I, I wasn't there, so, but uh, that's what I, uh, and lots of them, lots of them are actually uni students, from what I understood. Yes. So how was, can you describe a little bit, because uh, as we know, we are also in a, in a global pandemic. <laughs> Uh, as we know, uh, the school was closed at that time in June 2020. So how did it start? What was even before the start, I would like to ask you, before the start of the writing that letter, what kind of place are you in a way in, in this whole, in relation by what happens with Black Lives Matter, the, all of these things, but also where, where are you in these questions within your studies? within the school and what makes you come together somehow? Um, do you mean curriculum wise or just in general, the kind of atmosphere at Kiyo before, yes. before let's say the 12th of March? Yes. Um, I think the term isolation is common to Kiyo uh, pre-pandemic. I think um, the departments tend to be exactly the opposite of interdisciplinary. We feel a bit all kind of secluded um, to each other. This was before, of course. After, I think um, mm. it's quite different now. So would you say that this, in a way, this uh, experience of uh, writing together this letter and, and meeting each other has actually kind of also created an actual interdisciplinary sort of starting or new starting point within your curriculum or within your experience of being a student? Yes, definitely. I think um, uh, I went to Kiev for three years and I think this was the first time that I did anything like cross departments at the school. I Everything that we did before that was very... It was set, the curriculum. It was uh, only in the design department. So this was the first time that I did anything outside of my own department after three years. And so what happens? Uh, basically, so you're in that situation, which if I understand correctly, you describe as being quite isolated from within departments and there are all of these discussions, of course, happening at the school. Uh, can you describe a little bit what kind of discussions are going on? Um, is it only about Black Lives Matter? Or, and what, what can, has it changed the discussion somehow within, within the, the students or with the teachers? Or how was it? Pre-pandemic. Pre yeah. Mm, I think the curriculum varies very, very much from department to department. I think, for example, within the art academy, we have the most, uh, I will definitely not use the term radical, but we have the most open uh, kind of framework for looking at things and discussing certain uh, subjects and subjectivities. Um so it's, I mean, this, I, I think this working group that we kind of formed really brought into uh, attention kind of, you know, what's being spoken about and where 
a bit more clearly, I would say. And so starts the pandemic situation. Um, <laughs> and then you basically, the school closed close down quite quickly, I believe. Uh, and then starts uh, the Black Lives Matter, Matter movement all across uh, the world, actually. And then uh, how do you come in contact with each other? What was the first move, sort of, to discuss the, the, co the context, the political context? Um, if, because we, uh, I'm from the theater department, and there was no talk about actually what was happening outside. And we tried to kind of bring it up, but there, there was no so much interest in that. So me and a couple of students uh, thought maybe we should try to do something. Uh, invite people or just write something and ask what we can do at school. And then there came um, this uh, um, email to every student. That's how I, and you can. Yeah, and I guess there was a similar kind of conversation happening within the, the art academy. There was kind of a call for something to happen, to be in alignment with BLM. And then from that call, it kind of started a little bit more internal discussion where it was like, wait a second, should we kind of, you know, make some kind of artistic gesture in the name of Kyo as an institution? Or do we really need to kind of uh, go about it in a different way and make a call out to the students and see how we can address this on, you know, as a whole rather than just as a separate kind of department so uh, from that there was yeah this email that you're talking about that was sent to every student there there was already at the school there was um talk about structural racism from before this wasn't you it didn't come with the black lives matter it also was mentioned in the uh, staircase two years before um so um, there was an email that was let's talk let's talk about structural racism at Kyo, um, which was sent to all students at school. And this was after the semester was over. I think it was um, mid June. At, yeah, at the end of the semester actually. Yeah, so, so still people. Some people were at school, not at school, but still having their last. Um, things doing or showings or yeah but most of the students were already uh, finished I guess for the semester I mean mm. what is the end of the semester sorry I left school long time ago is it May no it's June June is June yeah it yeah. varies I uh, yeah it varies because actually this year they extended the semester because yeah. of um COVID so I think the semester actually ended on the 23rd of June, hmm. 2020. Okay, so then the letter was sent out two weeks before that. No, I no, mean yeah. the invitation to the meeting yeah. was sent out two weeks before that. The email, yeah. Yeah. I will play uh, just a little song before we continue on that. Um, so previously we had uh, Duga Duga by Gnawa Diffusion, uh, Adrian Ban. And now we will go for, where should we go for? Uh, yeah, Long Live the Sahrawi Army. Mm -hmm. 
Hello and welcome back to the Psycho Beach Totalitarian Free Speech Radio Show, Episode 1. This is it. Um, so, uh, this group of students at Kiyo were about to tell us um, actually uh, about the first meeting, which happened, I believe, on uh, digital, uh, in digital platforms. Uh, how many students actually were gathered at that point? I'm not sure about the exact numbers, but uh, 30, 40? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Between 30 and 40 students. And these were, I mean, as you said, we immediately uh, obviously reached for um, all departments. This was sent only to the students, or was it also sent to the staff? No, we made sure that it was only to the students. Hmm. And then you have between 30 and 40 students gathering, and that's like mid-June or... It was on a very, very hot day, uh, Sunday, uh, mid-June, yeah. Okay. And so how, yeah, who, how do you start that discussion? So it's basically, yeah, there is this uh, Black Lives Matter protest, uh, solidarity protest um, following the, the murder of George Floyd. Mm. Uh, so we have, uh, this is the context that we have, um, we have about 30,000 people that have gathered uh, in a protest in Oslo, um, and we have protests all across, I mean, there were also other protests, I don't know have the numbers uh, in Norway, but there was several actions, uh, there were exhibitions, there were talks, there has been, of course, there were lots of things going on, uh, and there you have this meeting in this context, while at the same time being in this isolation mode, but you still find a way to reach out to each other. Mm. Um, and so what, I guess the conversation was long because it's a complicated uh, discussion. Mm. So mm. I, how, how, yeah, how long was that? Like, I think it was about two, three hours. It was, um, yeah, it was a long conversation and people came, I mean, students wanted to talk about their, uh, um, to say experiences and uh, and what they they want to uh, actually talk about somehow or share with each with each other. I think it was very uh, long, but in a positive way. Yeah. I think for a, a very long time, or at least since uh, my time at Kyo, the the idea of like a forum for discussion has always been something that's lacking and I think when you open up a space and in this case a digital room the the time that it takes to like nurture you know a bit what's happening uh and the you know uh what can you say like uh feeling uh, the sensitivity of the space, like it, it requires a bit of time. So I think it was just, everybody needed to like warm up to the kind of room and yeah. And it was this feeling of after, after a while, this feeling of a, a safe space somehow to actually talk about stuff, things we, mm we haven't been able to talk about or um yeah it was it was a very comfortable or how to say it it was a very nice meeting somehow i, I felt 
that was something I have been longing for for a long time. I think also for um, a lot of students that it was the first time talking to someone outside of their own department. So just, or I mean, in that sense, at least, not in a social sense. So I think that was also very nice that it was actually, I think all departments were represented at the meeting and uh, yeah. And also that it was uh, sharing experiences which was uh, recognized uh, through the others somehow, yeah. If, uh, yeah, was it clear? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and, um, and so there was, I guess, I mean, there was both discussing um, the condition of the school, I don't know how you felt being at school in these times, uh, your different experiences, what happens outside, so this is obviously like really a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, but also that's kind of the work in a way. Uh, in this, I trying to sort of reach or like join the the global situation to the very local. Uh, and uh, I, but I'm wondering, so what was the outcome of the, this first discussion? So there was uh, uh, was it already a plan for action at that point, or what happened then? I think we decided to write the letter at the meeting. So. Um, before that, we were very open to what we could do after. I think we wanted to keep the kind of space or the forum in some sense. And uh, But uh, the letter was something that all the students at the meeting decided on uh, together. And then we also agreed that it should be across departments. So um, there should be one from each department to uh, write it. Um, and uh, I think the dance department was not there, so yeah. Mm. So all other departments. So the the dance department was in charge at the end of this. No. At that point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I understand. But so um, so at that point, you you decide to write the letter with uh, try almost one uh, one person representing each department. And then you write that letter, and then what happens then? Uh, there is also one thing, because we decided to have another meeting at that meeting, that first meeting. So we uh, wanted, if there was anything more, I mean, we could uh, put in the letter. or the, the. So we had several meetings, actually, and uh, with those who were there, and uh, we... Um, Sent, we also sent a draft. Yeah. yeah, sent draft to every, actually, all the students at school. So it was an open, uh, it was not just that group who would decide. It was open that everyone can come in and comment or say anything they want about the letter. We can change it and yeah. I think it's also important to mention that at the first digital meeting, that it was a space that was open for expressions of any kind mm. and that there was ample time within the framework of the meeting, as we said, it had gone for several hours, around three, let's just say. I think it was a bit more than mm. that, actually. I, I think so too. It was very hot in my room. I remember <laughs> being very warm. Um, 
there was ample time to to be able to uh, to vocalize opinions or concerns or comments of of any kind um just to kind of get that out on the air yeah but since you mentioned that that's very interesting because has it been at that point uh, anyone that was uh, had i mean it's very hard to say like to imagine that there would be that grave concerns in any ways because i i don't i see that the initiative was somehow i mean i from what you say like very open and just and wasn't like defined already on what kind of form it should be at any point most of you were maybe talking for the first time ever uh, so has it been at that point at that first meeting any concerns or uh, yeah being being voiced no concerns at the meeting and um no uh we got i think only f positive feedback when we sent the draft to all students um before sending it out publicly or as an open letter to the school yeah and the uh, i just want to mention that uh those who have criticized the uh, the open letter, some of them were there from the start, but they didn't say anything. So they had all the possibility to actually say whatever they wanted or change it or take away anything. Or mm. even I mean, yeah. help and suggest some changes. Um, of course. Part, uh, I mean, these are, these are very complex discussions because uh, everybody agrees that racism is a bad thing, um, but uh, I mean, most people, <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> most people agree that racism is a bad thing, and of course, where the discussion starts to be difficult is about the sort of basics, the pragmatic solutions, and how to undo it. And then, and how to also um, sort of talk about all the different forms of discriminations. Um, um, yeah, so it's this is always w more, uh, I, in my experience at least, that uh, it can be more difficult. In the part that is the more difficult is, of course, to, to make something together, to actually come to a plan to action, to to list ideas where you really all agree or partially at least there's a certain sort of level. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's actually, I have to say, like quite impressive that you managed to, in my opinion, at least uh, to organize uh, in a context that is quite difficult. First, uh, I mean, here is a huge institution. You have a global pandemic, the school is closed. Uh, as you mentioned before, it, and it has been, I have experienced it as well as a, as a student from a long time ago, that this whole idea or ideal of interdisciplinary work in the school is not there, unfortunately. And I, of course, uh, hope and believe that it will at some point in time. So to reach out like that, like across departments is very difficult. Um, but anyhow, so you, you write that letter, uh, you send a draft to the rest of the students, to all the students, and and then you have, yeah, you said, you mentioned that you had uh, positive, mostly positive responses, but also maybe some 
I imagine uh, people saying, I don't know, uh, this and that maybe should be formulated differently. Uh, yeah, maybe some proposals of changing some things in it. How was how was the the con continuation of the process uh, at that point? I think it's also important to just mention as well that like when we formed the constellation of um, because I mean these are words on paper that have been formulated but I, I think we all kind of agree that this letter was written also by you know everyone in the sense if you want to use the word everyone or at least people that have supported it um, but that the constellation of the people that would end up like drafting and writing, you know, formulating the words was formed out of like pure gravitation, I would say. Like it was, there was a kind of consensus that it should be, there should be maybe one representative from each department. But it was also like, I mean, this is this is work and it's extra work. And it's like, yeah, the organizational part is work, but also writing the letter was work. We spent, I don't know how many weeks on that. I mean, we were working literally, I don't yeah, know we, how many hours a day we were on this. I, we didn't go out. We were just <laughs> working. I mean, we, we were we were writing and having zoom meetings at the same time and uh, and it was also what we I, I i want to also say that in the letter what we bring up as uh, we are going to read the letter soon but yeah and in that letter it's like the experiences of people from the first meeting are there it's not mm -hmm. like us saying things about us or our experience it's the people who showed up and we're concerned about things, we took that in the letter because it's it's not just like, okay, we might have this thing. It's like the it's people's experiences which are there literally. So, yeah, somehow it's the, that's yeah, what we... Yeah, of course. And that was also the motivation to yeah. sit there for hours in like a warm month and just sit inside on Zoom and just write this letter because of those experiences that were shared on the meeting. And yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it, trivial, but very beautiful to mention the fact that, you know, some of us didn't even know each other existed before. <laughs> and now a lot of us that sat in the first, that first digital room are really good friends. And so it's like, you know, this idea that like, you know, because I think there's been some critique about the fact that this use of language is very um, like uh, homogenized in a way and that it's like this one voice kind of thing. But actually this arrived out of urgency and with people that didn't even know each other before. So. Is it maybe time now to read the letter? Is it okay that I read it or would you like? You should read it. Okay. Shall we have a little song before just to kind of, you know, everybody gets a drink or something? Yes? Yeah. Uh, what could we potentially...
that all on my phone but I feel a bit bad now because I was like cue a playlist and then I just want to play my music <laughs> you're the host you're allowed <laughs> no no but then okay let's just have a Hello and welcome back to the Psychobeach Libertarian Biscuit Radio Show, episode one. This is it. And so we were just about to actually read the letter, um, which was written, so if I understood correct, the end of June uh, 2020. Yes. Here we are again, but this time we won't be cast in the shadows. The power and visibility of the Black Lives Matter movement is marking a pivotal point, a rupture which cannot and will not be ignored, pacified or silenced. Title, Disrupting the Cycle of Bias. Quote, Whiteness is an ideological normative standpoint. It is why Black Lives Matter exists and why nothing ever changes for the experiences of people of color. It is about needing everyone to check their position and privilege when it comes to eradicating racial discrimination. Whiteness is a position that anyone can possess regardless of their color. The worst of this is when it is embedded into the structures of state and institutions, when it is learned without questioning or counter-narrative through education, media, and popular culture. When black death or suffering is used as a cultural capital, when it is woven into the decision-making processes of diversity policies, which tolerate a month per year for black history, when it celebrates major survey exhibitions of black and brown artists branding a racial stamp onto all those included, reforming race into our minds as a recognized differentiating trait. When it is co-opted by individuals claiming to do much for diversity and inclusivity, who at the same time propagate the logic of whiteness and inequality through the same work. Whiteness in all these cases, despite its efforts to help maintains power at all costs and perpetrates privilege for some humans over others. End quote, Sunil Shah. In 2018, structural issues at Kiel were addressed via an artwork that was placed along the staircase beside the entryway. The work explicitly refer referenced racist and sexual injustices going on within Kiel. The work was a trigger, which should have opened up for wider discussions. This never happened. The work was quickly removed and the debate silenced. Two years later, another work is being put into question. Vanessa Beecroft's photography that hangs on the fourth floor within the School of Theatre. While we support the initiative taken up recently by the PhD students to engage the school in a debate, and while many of us have long requested the removal of this piece, 
The artwork is a symptom of a history of blind spots and not the actual problem. We feel that it is crucial that we don't lose sight of the structural work that is yet to be done at PIO. For the last two months, the debate has been raging in newspapers, TV channels and across social media platforms, and structural racism has been discussed by academic and art institutions across the globe. Yet, PIO has kept silent. To this, to this date, the school has taken no public position and little responsibility. The institution has not taken the initiative to address the recent racist murders and police brutality, nor the national and international protests and demands for racial justice. PIO did not reach out to black students and students of color that have been undoubtedly re-traumatized the past months, which reveals the complete lack of understanding, empathy and support system available to the student body. In a recent internal email in response to the PhD student's open letter in regards to the work of Vanessa Dietroff, the principal listed plans on a series of lectures on the topic in the spring 2021 term. And whilst we look forward to these lectures, it is too little and too late. We also believe that money should be allocated to internally diversifying and building knowledge within PIO rather than shopping for guest lecturers in the hopes of placing PIO on an international scene. Change cannot just be cosmetic, it has to start from the inside with, with the administration, its teaching body and its practices along with the entire student body, especially its students of color. Change cannot be placed on hold until the spring term. The work has to start now. As arguably the leading arts institution, the leading arts educational institution in Norway, PIO has great power and great responsibility in dismantling structural racism and disrupting the cycle of bias that currently exists within its walls and within the wider arts sector in this country. The students graduating now and in the next few years will soon be artists whose work will be shown in major theatres, galleries, museums and public spaces. It is of great importance that topics like cultural misappropriation and recognition of privileges are included within our education, along with non-Eurocentric frames of reference. We want to be able to ensure that the choices made in our field in the future, which will, which will have a great societal impact, will be conscious ones. At the moment, the syllabus does not support this. Currently, students are forced to self-educate if they have interests outside of a Eurocentric, Eurocentric framework. The burden is often on the student to educate the professors. The work and interests of students of color at PIO should not be impacted by individual professors' lack of knowledge around a particular discourse. In cases where the teaching body is composed of only white professors, students of color must be offered support by external mentorship. The faculty must take responsibility for educating themselves in order to adequately assist a diverse student body. An inclusive learning environment is not one that offers support only the students who mirror the upbringing and experiences of the faculty. 
At the moment, whiteness and male centricity are accepted as neutral approaches. Internalized assumptions of whiteness should therefore be recognized in teaching situations, and teachers should make space for non-white point of views and non-white cultures. In the majority of the departments, the teaching program includes no content on the arts and history of Sami, Afro-Norwegians, Asian-Norwegians, Romanian-Norwegians, and many other minority groups. Despite Kiel priding themselves on being an international institution, the syllabus ignores whole continents, their peoples and cultures. Representations of BIPOC, black indigenous people of color, are often problematic or non-existent in the examples used during the education. Kiel must commit to decolonizing its curriculum and financially investing in staff, administration and faculty that are BIPOC. We have to strive to dismantle the Eurocentrism and whiteness that penetrate our entire system of education. Quote, A colonized curriculum is one that, that perpetuates closed academic networks dominated by mostly white, mostly male scholars based in elite American and European institutions unequally attributing expertise and shrinking our intellectual ecosystem. Students deserve to be trained in how to find a robust range of credible information on their subject, evaluating empirical evidence and theoretic rigor to determine quality rather than relying on prestige-based signals. Zoe Marx, end quote. Art is never neutral or apolitical. Silence is compliance. This is why we demand these changes. Obligatory black and people of color representation in all democratic processes, staff and student body. Obligatory black and people of color representation in all administrative departments and student bodies. Students to be included in the decision making with regards to inviting lecturers to ensure we can work with the school in order to disrupt the repetitive, often network-based choices of the administration. Proper data gathering and documentation of racist, homophobic, transphobic and ablazed views within the institution as a whole. The introduction of mandatory anti-racism training for staff and students. Job search and applying for studies from the viewpoint of cultural and or ethnic segregation. Sufficient information, legal advice and mentoring for non-Western international students. Outreach to students from underrepresented communities in Norway. Opportunities for mentorship programs and support systems. Headlines and topics to be included in course content, such as decolonization, intersectional feminism, black and people of color art history, Norwegian black and people of color art history, cultural misappropriation, queer theory, accessibility in performance and studies. There is a direct correlation between the structural racism at Kiel and the wider cultural sector in Norway. Kiel has a unique opportunity to be at the forefront of implementing change. Signed by Abirani Logendran, Sarah Baban, Linda Gatu, Teresa Angel Kachik, Stacy Duvo, Aisha El Belui.
and on the behalf of more than 100 stud ABA MMA students of Oslo National Academy of the Arts. So I would like actually to say that now, by now the letter has been signed by 142 uh, students and also teachers, uh, so not a lot, but uh, still has to be mentioned. Um, so now that we have read this letter and um, as I understood, the letter was not directly uh, published uh, online. This was an internal letter addressed to uh, addressed to the um, basically to all the students and the staff uh, that were shared uh, through via email. Uh, we were lined to the uh, uh, sorry um, yeah a link to the to the petition online. Uh, which could be signed uh, further. And I imagine that, uh, yeah, um, so that was uh, basically an internal, I mean, the letter was written for internal use. And I imagine that if the letter will have meant to be, uh, to be, yeah, published for, uh, to be printed in a newspaper, that would have been also maybe a different letter in a way, or a shorter one and so on. So, um, so what was the yeah what happened then? So you you send this letter. Um, there is a petition online. Uh, it's for internal use and so on. And what happened at that point? I guess you have some reaction from people or yeah comments and so on. I have just one comment on the um, we call it BPOC, which um, you read as black and people of color, but it's also. It's black, indigenous, and people of color. Just so. Well, that's what I said, but then I changed it again. Ah, but yeah. it is in the. Uh, yeah, the I was repeating so many times. I think at some point I missed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yes. Let's just, say, just let's to say, say it. it again. Yeah. Deepak, black, indigenous people of color. Yes. <laughs> so that all uh, confusion is cleared. Mm. <laughs> um, yes. So. Um, what was so the question was what were the reactions at that point or comments? I um, I think we got uh, there were some staff members who uh, replied to the letter because uh, this letter was already sent to the students who signed it. So more than hundred students had already read and signed the letter. So it was new to the staff, and uh, I think. Um, some of them replied um, first with like a positive feedback. Um, so they reply, so it's just, it's just very technical. I just, I just love having details. Yeah. <laughs> so this is an email chain. Yes. So they reply to like so all the people who... And they are replying to everybody at the same time when they have positive comments. But I, I imagine some people replied individually as well. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's maybe not important. I mean, I think I'm maybe. Yeah, also in the email that we sent, we also uh, made clear that this is a collective thing. So if you want to say something in regards to the letter, then reply to everyone. Um, so that's, yeah. But I got uh, some uh, positive uh, reactions actually just sent to me from the staff. 
which never came out because probably they just wanted to, yeah, just to say it. I think that they didn't want to, yeah, to necessarily expose their positivity to the whole body of students. Yeah, that, and I, uh, I appreciate the the reply, and I said that it would be nice if it comes to everyone, just so. But it didn't happen. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's anyway. Yeah. And here at that point, we are in uh, already beginning of July or so or something like that. Uh, and then yeah, people sign. And um, has it been any like critical comment at that point, or like uh, yeah? Or I mean, yeah, any kind of thing or yeah. Mm. <laughs> the criticism did come. I just, uh, I think it was uh, in the evening, the same day. I don't remember exactly, but. And I, I don't know. I just want to mention it very uh, short that um, it was leaked to the media at once, and we don't know who. So the so what you mean? I mean the the letter yeah, yeah, which yeah, was so internal. The internal letter was sent to the media by one or I'd several persons that were part of the email chain, which at this point didn't only include students but also staff members. Yes, so someone um, must have sent it to uh, some major newspapers because they started um, contacting yeah, us, the journalists. I think the first call from a journalist came half an hour after the letter was sent. Yeah, and... Half an hour, wait, 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 wait. sorry. The first call of uh, the journalist that, like, was made thir literally 30 minutes after you sent the letter... Yes. ...to, the, to that email, like, where everybody could, yeah. But uh, to mention it again... <laughs> Uh, after, maybe it's a bit confusing, but after the first meeting with the students, also when we, uh, at the end, when we were finished and said that we are, okay, these people are going to uh, write the letter, uh, then it was also leaked to the media because the journalists took contact, uh, or just contacted us and asking, oh, we have heard that you are, some students want to write a letter. So I don't know. So you mean that already, like in mid June, when you had the first meeting? Yes. Which was uh, with four, about thirty to forty students. Uh, after that meeting, a journalist called you to say that, "Oh, I've heard that you're gonna write a letter." Mm. So that's before even the letter is being made. Yes. Um, so there's been people. I mean, what you say, and that's new information to me, um, is that there's been people that have been uh, not necessarily criticizing directly why the process was on, but have been sort of uh, calling the attention of the media. Yes, but we don't know for sure if that was someone who were positive or negative to the yeah, yeah. letter. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. it yeah. could be someone who wanted, yeah. So I don't who know. Wanted to announce the good news. Yes, it could be. <laughs> But in addition to that, there was also a letter that, or an email, sorry, that yeah, we got right. uh, from the rector that's kind of, you know, uh, not being apprehensive to what the content of the letter would 
um, have, but more just the fact that uh, that uh, the rector did not want this letter to be um, released publicly, but rather internally within the school, um, because that would give the rector ample space to reply to it. Hmm. So there was a, already a kind of a situation. Yeah. Yeah, because after the first uh, meeting and when the journalists contacted us, they also contacted the rector, told him that there has been a meeting and they are uh, probably going to write a letter. So it was something happening already. So we didn't talk to the media at that time. Do you know a little bit what was the intention? What was the intention of that of that or these journalists? I think uh, very important to this context is the fact that there was another letter written by the PhD yeah, uh, students. So the media was already on the Keogh case. That's I think that's very important here that they were writing about the um, uh, Vanessa Beecroft's uh, in, in the, the photography yeah. on the wall and and when. <laughs> Yeah, it's confusing. When that came out, I mean, it was also sent to all uh, all school, whole school. It was while we were writing our letter, we didn't know about that. So we were in the middle of writing and all. We saw that and that's why we also mentioned it in our open letter. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And do you think the, the, the journalists sort of confused your initiative with the Beecroft-related initiative or... Definitely, I think there's still a lot of confusion about the fact that there were two letters, but uh, yeah. And two completely different initiatives in its form as well, because the PhD students, I mean, they know each other. Uh, this is like a separate group in a way. And then your group is more like a coalition of all the different departments and have it has, I mean, it's a different process. This being said, I don't know about their process, so I would just no. And and to be fair, um, we uh, when I don't know if I don't think the PhD students are in the all students mailing thread. So when we sent the invitation to the meeting, I don't think the PhD students were invited. So we okay. did. Yeah, we didn't have that. We thought they were in the all student uh, group, but. Uh, since they are PhD, they have probably some like a staff uh, a separate uh, yeah. tag on the email uh, system. Yeah, yes, so they didn't know about our letter and we didn't know about their letter. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. I understand. So, so this, uh, how did you manage to go on and how did it feel in a way like? So you're trying to have, basically, if I if I just rephrase with my own, you know, my own, on my own words, you're you're trying to have this collective interdisciplinary actually collaboration across departments to address uh, uh, an urgency to the staff members and to the hierarchy of the school and at the same time you have this sort of insistence from the media already from a very early stage putting pressure in a way on you uh, and you know that um, you sort of um, uh, know that there is, uh, yeah, there is this already like um, attention or expectations of some sorts. So, and uh, how do, yeah, how did that feel? 
Um, we really wanted to have a conversation uh, in the school, first of all, before uh, saying anything outside, because we wanted to talk, have yeah, have this conversation with the uh, hierarchy of the school, <laughs> or the, with, with the staff, and or just make a open up for discussions. That that was our intention. It was. I think it's very important also since it's a democracy also within the school that the students have all right to to um, talk about their experience as students at, in a school. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. And you're even, I mean, supposed to and encouraged, I believe. I mean, that's important that students... Uh, yeah, express themselves and find ways of doing so. And I guess that um, given the context of the pandemic, plus it was summer holidays as well, I mean, it's it, you made an, a sort of uh, an exceptional effort in order to, to get your points across. And and um, has it been any like comments on, on the specific on the specific different proposal? I mean, like coming from the staff or the, the leadership? Do you mean the reply or previously? Yeah, no, the reply to the letter in terms of, uh, because I see, I mean, you had a, a list of uh, suggestions on basically how to, yeah, how to operate uh, or implement changes uh, within the school. Um, I can see that some are long-term uh, kind of things that maybe cannot be done immediately, but like pointing towards like really long-term uh, things. And some I think that are basically like, uh, because that's, I think, what for me interests me in the letter is that it's not only sort of talking, because there are two things in that letter. One is basically like implementing the law, which is just basically like, you know, an anti-discrimination plan within the school. And another thing is implementing, um, uh, yeah, a new set of curriculum within the school in all departments. And of course, we have to... We know that uh, a lot of these elements of, I mean, for example, so queer theory and so on exist within the curriculum of some of the departments. But yes. basically the idea is to kind of extend the suggestion to all departments. And of course, as we know, I mean, I don't know how all the departments work, but um, having studied at the Academy uh, of Fine Arts, I mean, most of the things I think you choose basically so that would be the idea would have been to have like this almost sort of maybe even interdisciplinary sort of study thing within like, or across departments uh, that will bring in uh, non-western canons and post-colonial theory queer theory intersectional feminism and you know things like that um so it's actually uh, very little radical. Uh, if I have one criticism <laughs> on, uh, on that letter, <laughs> too uh, soft. Very soft, and also, um, but at the same time, I mean, um, yeah, very uh, precise. I have to say, uh, and then there are also, of course, things that I imagine have made uh, some of the staff uh, members or teachers kind of maybe scared in the sense that, oh no, now I have to do these courses. <laughs> uh, because unfortunately, it, it, it appears as if uh, some teachers are not really actually very interested in studying 
<laughs> or learning new things, um, which is a very kind of uh, uh, an interesting paradox, uh, given the context of uh, educational sort of uh, yeah institution. Um, but so yeah, I guess there was maybe some resentment from from in certain individuals within the school, but it seems like there was generally, and given the fact that there were already even last week 150 students gathered and so on, they, this is something that seems to reflect a general sort of uh, need and and uh, yeah, and also how should I say like a um, little bit of a joy as well to to mm -hmm. kind of join forces together for something that people really really want and something that is really needed and something that perhaps also we can say mirrors a little bit our society perhaps better so it's a, it's really about uh, adjustments adjustments i don't this is a very difficult word for me adjustments to be made <laughs> in the school uh, and and something that i said like we can say that 50 percent of the work is already just following the law so mm, yes. access to the school, mm. uh, reaching out to different uh, minorities, representation, uh, anti-discrimination. So how do we deal with reporting uh, certain uh, misplaced behavior, for example? I mean, these are things that have been discussed during the Me Too movement as well. Mm -hmm. um, so these are like kind of... These are in the, in the law also of uh, the education, actually. Those things we talk about, most of them are already there, but they are not used somehow. So we 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 tr we wanted to bring it up again somehow, and uh, and it's also we we never wanted to take away anything. We just wanted to um, open up for new uh, experiences and views, and that's what we wanted. But somehow there is a myth about that we want to take away stuff and uh, bring in new stuff mm. yeah and force it, people immediately like yeah. yeah yeah and yeah, a lot of a lot of these uh changes you won't even if you go there you won't even notice no that it's happening it's long term and if i go there that that it means there is a big change huh? because i'm not yeah. very interested usually to go there <laughs> 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 so it would take a lot so that would mean like there would have been a big change into <laughs> But um, it's quite interesting because in a way it's like I have to say, I mean, I'm joking a little bit when I say there is a lack of radicality in the letter, but I just mean that these are things we have kind of, we've, you know, we've, uh, we've heard before. This is nothing mm. new in a way. This is uh, in the air of our times. This is, the, this is the, the art practices that we are already engaging with for a very long time. Mm. These are... This is about all the curatorial visions that we have heard about. This is uh, this is even implemented, or kind of the idea of it is implemented, and that's where, of course, the, the difficulty comes in. Of course, and we don't want just to have this facade or this sort of cosmetic, as you call, mm. the cosmetic change. But of course, the Austin has been very good lately with cosmetic changes, mm. as we know. But uh, one will agree, as um, um, argue that already from the cosmetic change and you also implement a different type of representation and you you know interest different publics you you already so it's maybe already something i don't i don't yeah i don't know i, I don't agree with that totally but just to kind of bring up some uh, different perspective on, on these so-called cosmetic changes but this is but surprisingly even though this is really embedded in everybody's practice in a way i felt that the art scene was very silent 
um, like, I mean, outside of the school. One of the reasons also might be that it was also in the middle of summer holiday and it, it feels like there was a complicated situation from the start within the way it was presented in the media. Uh, so I felt I feel like it was maybe also difficult for people to even enter the discussion because the starting point was a sort of agitated sort of behavior around this sort of idea of indoctrination and sort of gulag of anti-racist things going on and being forced and and everything being removed and you know you know all of this it was like the way it was presented was very yeah difficult for people and very unappealing i think for people to enter and the discussion yeah and most of them i mean uh, in the media when they write about it they they haven't read the uh, the open letter actually what they they don't go to the source they just talk about the myth of what is in the letter the interpretation yeah like um bias interpretation of the letter exactly and and of course another and added difficulty was that the letter was published without consent actually from a uh, one newspaper, but behind paywall, and of course people don't bother to pay for these kind of things. So there was a lot of discussions going on uh, within people that actually hasn't hadn't really read the letter. So when the letter was actually started, I remember being shared on social media. I mean, there was already quite a few weeks after the discussion had started, and it's extremely hard to interrupt such a kind of uh, yeah, such a discussion. So how did you feel at that point? Like, um, uh, yeah, how how to how did you feel you had to, yeah, deal or do some, yeah. I, I just want to mention something. Uh, when we wrote the letter, we also thought maybe it's is it too soft? Maybe we should be more radical. But then we we knew that Norway wasn't ready for such thing. I mean, the neighbors, I, yeah, Finland, they have more radical because the art school there also did something like this. And Sweden, of course. Yeah, and they were, I mean, the letter was taken and respected by, of course, there are always someone who uh, criticize it, but uh, mainly it was, of course, this is something we have to deal with. So they were more radical, but we, we thought if, this is too radical, probably already for Norway because they are not ready for this. But so, actually, yeah. also within the school, one can say that there was very little criticism within the school. Um, one hundred forty plus people signed the letter. We had one hundred fifty mm. people outside of the school last week. So within the school, it's most people seem to agree, apart from like very very marginalized uh, marginal voices, like four or five or something I of course I think it's very good that they are different uh, that the discussion doesn't embrace like a totally like uh, you know uh, homogeneous view on things uh, but of but it's a very different thing to discuss that uh, in a dis in a meeting among students than discussing it in the papers with extra voices that come in that actually have nothing to do with the school like a lot of people that commented on the case had nothing to do with Kyo, like have never uh, studied there, had never taught there, were not artists, were not uh, um, teachers or pedagogues in any ways, but people are totally like outside. 
which not saying that it doesn't have a value, but of course to have a discussion on how to implement uh, things within a school, you, you need to primarily have that discussion with, within the school, in my opinion. And then it can of course and should be commented from the from the public, but it's it's I mean we never got the chance actually at school to discuss this because of the summer holidays and the the media took over before we we even yeah before we opened before the school opened up mm -hmm. again. Yeah, that's my point that it mm. was a bit premature for the media to to kind of discuss it as a like meta discussion where the students were not even able to meet and the, I mean the, it was yeah it's but what's one thing that is quite interesting though because um, I mean there has been I think uh, the last few years there has been a lot of issues with Kyo I'm not point I'm not uh, mentioning this letter as one but there has been a lot of me too cases there was a whole sort of yeah discussion already that went a few years back and and it's it seems to me that uh, that there, there was like a need, a very clear need also in the media, the way it was talked about, that there was a very clear need for reconfigurating the way the school was working, at least just uh, based on, uh, it wasn't talked about, with, there wasn't any talk about the curriculum at that point, but it was more about, you know, the routines and how to deal with, uh, yeah, Warschler and all of these things. And, and then of course, uh, by the time between the uh, because we had planned that discussion for a while and then unfortunately last week we uh, all heard the, the sad news that the rector of the school had resigned um, both for personal uh, issues but also uh, due to the very aggressive uh, media coverage of, of the case um, and um, I would like actually to, yeah, to read another letter uh, that is actually Mons' uh, letter. But before, uh, before we do that, I would like to play a little bit of music so we can have a little break. Hello, and welcome back to the Psychobiz Totalitarian Free Speech Radio Show, episode one. This is it. Um, so my name is Hannah Benamar, for those that just uh, tune into the program. Uh, I am uh, very uh, honored to have with me uh, students from um, the Academy of Arts of Oslo uh, that are behind uh, what I would call an anti-racist proposal uh, for, this, for the school, uh, which um, aims at implementing sort of uh, yeah anti-discrimination uh, yeah uh, rules or, or I mean not necessarily rules but like sort of a way of yeah dealing with discrimination at school um, um, and at the same time sort of implement um, a new set of curriculum that will be available to all the students across the six departments of the school. Um, Although, as we have talked about uh, a little bit in discussion uh, tonight, is I mean, a lot of these things are of course not new and exist already in some of the departments, but not not all. So uh, that was kind of uh, this ambition that also, in a way, respond to the idea uh, and project of um, uh, of Kyo becoming for real an interdisciplinary school. Uh, so a collaboration across uh, all departments uh, 
and uh, yes. Oh, and I see that someone is calling. Uh, finally. Hello? Hello? Yes? Hi? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Uh, welcome. Uh, if I could use it again, <laughs> please speak later. So, you're the first agency call, so that's, that's great. Oh, um, really? Do you, do you have a comment uh, or on the, what we have said? Or, I mean, you're live, by, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know that. I, I actually, I'm not following it. I just thought I had to call to follow. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, well, uh, there has been a misunderstanding. Uh, I'm sorry about okay. that. So this phone number is uh, for people that have been following a little bit uh, the discussion uh, and had a comment on it. But it's also fine if people call like a message for our guest tonight, for example. Uh, that are sitting with me, uh, three very uh, amazing women actually that have been working on this entire Cisco project for Kio. Or if you would like to have your favorite song to be played uh, tonight or something like that. Okay, uh, but I'm sorry, I, I misunderstand this because I wanted to just follow the um, uh, your conversation, but I uh, I just logged in or I just called now, so I'm. Uh, is there a way where I can listen to it but not be a part of it? Yeah, absolutely, uh, I can. Uh, I can uh, I can post the link again on the Facebook page. Is that yes, right? perfect. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> thank you for calling. Bye. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Standing here, but that is fine. It's totally fine. Uh, so I will just uh, go on with the plan, which was actually uh, we were discussing uh, the very sad fact that Mons um, Branger, who is the who was the rector, I mean, yeah, of the of Kio, actually uh, resigned last week, and um, this made me think that uh, since. I mean, Kiyo had a change of leadership very recently, so actually he started working uh, there last year. And um, and he was actually elected uh, with over 60% of the votes uh, based on a program. So I um, I got a link to, to the yeah, a, a translation of the program in English, uh, and I thought it would be very interesting actually to read that. Uh, I was made aware uh, that actually the, the, this translation might not include the totality of the program that was originally written in, I think, Norwegian or Swedish. But anyway, I think that will highlight a little bit uh, the sort of context in which your letter comes into uh, a year later. So, electoral program for Mons Branger, rector candidate, and Anneline Excelson, pro-rector candidate. A few introductor introductory remarks. Kio is one of Northern Europe's leading art academies with fantastic resources, highly qualified and competent co-workers, and just as crucial, extremely engaged and talented students. 
This is also the reason we have humbly accepted our nomination as candidates for rector and for rector and prorector. It has been challenging for an external candidate and a candidate who is relatively new at Kyo to write a brief program for such a complex institution as Kyo. We have therefore chosen not to address everything that is already working well at Kyo and instead try to identify a few challenges we believe are critical to Kyo's future development and also provide a few examples of possible measures and strategies with the caveat that certain proposals have already been realized or are being developed at Kyo, either centrally or at individual departments. Kyo in society, society at Kyo. Kyo is a venue for artistic education and research, and it is one of Norway's more important culture and knowledge institutions. It is a venue that combines both the teaching of various knowledge traditions and the production of new knowledge with the creation and presentation of new art and culture. It is a laboratory where all conceivable aspects of human existence are explored with the means that are available today. From cutting edge digital technologies in material processes to various corporate forms of expression. Kyo is also a necessary platform for critical discussions of society's principal challenges in a critical public sphere that is becoming even smaller and with a medial and political landscape in flux, with increased polarization, hatred towards dissenters and threats to the, to the freedom of expression. Kyo needs to be active in the public debate and in the efforts to counter discrimination and increasing differences. An up-to-date art education must encompass questions of sustainability, climate change, and the refugee crisis. Education, autonomy, and collaboration, specialization, and interdisciplinary work. In today's, in today's art and culture, the borders between various art forms are being crossed more and more a development that is also reflected at Kyo. A prioritized topic for us is to increase the interdisciplinary collaboration between the various departments, something that has yet uh, has um, that as yet has not taken place to a large extent. There is an enormous potential in these possibilities, both for students and staff. Such interdisciplinarity can and and gender artistic development and also make the use of resources more efficient and thereby liberate more resources for teaching. Such collaboration can, however, not be ordered from above, but must be both wanted as based on interest and initiated by academic staff and students. Collaboration between various departments with various structures, plans, and curricula is, however, not uncomplicated and insensitive processes and structures for interdisciplinary collaborations, courses, and projects must therefore be developed. For example, extra resources can be allocated for just, for just such a purpose. Sorry. This should be thoroughly analyzed in order to define where the various departments and programs will benefit with, from shared structures and topics, 
and then give the departments as much autonomy as possible. It is furthermore essential to create a common identity and a sense of community for students and staff at FIO that extends beyond statements in public strategy documents. Only interpersonal, sorry, it's hard for me to read. Only interpersonal meetings can achieve this, and further shared meeting places and social opportunities should be created. One suggestion is to create a debate evening with invited debaters once a month, followed by a bar where current issues and interdisciplinary topics are discussed. Artistic research and research. It is very positive that Kyo has been accredited as a specialized university institution with a profile within the arts. The PhD program is currently underfunded, however, sometimes that has stirred fear that there will be further departmental budget costs that may impact the BA and MA programs. In addition to having to ensure the funding of the PhD program in budget negotiations within, with the Ministry of Education, an offensive and long-term strategy and action plan for applying for external research funding must be developed with both administrative and academic support for project, for project applications. Opportunities for interdisciplinary PhD collaboration with other university colleges and universities should also be explored. The PhD program at Kyo will be interdisciplinary, but experiences from similar PhD programs in the Nordic countries also highlight the need for, for in-depth discipline-specific topical seminars that can be set up in collaboration with art educations um, in Norway, the Nordic countries, and Europe, as has already been done at Kyo, as for example, at the Academy of Fine Arts. The PhD program should also be linked to the MA and BA programs, by PhD students teaching a few classes and also presenting their research and by having some research seminars and lectures open to all students. Decision-making processes, co-determination and democracy. In the Nordic countries and in large parts of the rest of the world, universities and university colleges are trending towards being governed in the same hierarchical top-down way as companies through the so-called new public management ideology. We want instead to defend, strengthen, and continue to develop the collegial form of governance where students and their education are the focal point of all decisions and priorities. This means that decisions about education and research should be made by students and academic staff representatives in various democratic bodies. In the same way, we want to avoid micromanagement where leaders steer the activities down to the finest details. We believe instead in trusting departments and staff, giving them as much independence as possible, something that we also encourage involvement and initiative. The student council must be supported and developed. The students must be involved in all decision-making processes that affect their studies and structures to encourage the students' own educational initiatives must be implanted. For example, the rector-prorector should hold continual meetings with the student council where students' representatives can submit current issues and questions that should be addressed at Kiosk board meetings and other key committees. 
Meetings should be made more effective by planning such meetings far in advance and appointing permanent work groups and advisor advisory committees where cases can be treated continuously. For example, some staff and students note that there are too many ad hoc meetings in temporary working groups, something that takes up too much time and makes it harder to participate in the democratic processes. Likewise, likewise, structures should be established to make decision-making processes quicker and more transparent, with continuously updated information about how a case is being processed. The division of responsibility should also be, cl be clarified between the various departments and CIO as a whole, as well as between administration, technical staff and academic staff. At an Academy of Art of Kiosk size, it is easy for leadership to lose contact with the daily activities. Therefore, the uh, uh, rector and prorector should continuously be present at departments, workshops, exhibitions, and performances in order to meet and discuss things with students and staff. Equality, diversity, and anti-discrimination. Today, all higher education programs have guidelines for equality, diversity, and equal treatment and opportunities. In many cases, these issues are treated exclusively as questions of statistics, when a fairness perspective should in reality permeate the entire institution. In particular, the MeToo movement has shown that this must, be, this must continuously be placed at the top of the agenda, with specific measures and preventive work instead of in generally formulated policy documents. CIO has expended a good deal of time and effort in finding solutions to these problems the past year, but some work remains to be done. Here are a few proposals. Hire an equality secretary with a mandate to act as a student ombudsman, an expert in equality, diversity, student rights, and psychosocial work environment problems and to receive reports and coordinate investigations into bullying, the abuse of power, and sexual harassment. This service can be shared with similar institutions in Oslo, such as the Norwegian Academy of Music and the Oslo School of Architecture and Design. Appoint an equality and diversity committee that comprises staff and student representatives and is administrated by the equality secretary. Continuous training of staff and courses for first-year students in norm criticism, ethics, gender-aware pedagogy, student rights, and the equality and anti-discrimination act apply for their position after a public announcement of the position in order to prolong it uh, by another term. This system creates uncertainty among staff and risks reducing their long-term engagement in teaching. At worst, this may lead to a culture of silence where staff do not dare to express critical opinions. In addition, this hiring process is highly resource-intensive and causes additional work for staff and students. We want, therefore, to discuss the possibility of removing the requirement for a public announcement of fixed-term positions that may be prolonged. <coughs> Sorry. Um, we want, therefore, to discuss the possibility of removing the requirement for public announcement of fixed-term positions that may be prolonged and instead carry out an internal evaluation, also involving students, before the term is renewed. This is common at many other art educations in the Nordic countries. 
However, the public elections of the director and the prorector should follow the same practice as today. Student uh, re recruitment. At many university educations and in most art educations, both in the Nordic countries and in the rest of the world, students are predominantly from an ethnic and socially homogeneous group. This unbalanced recruitment is problematic, not, not just from uh, a rights and democracy perspective, given that the programs are publicly funded and provide access uh, to public platforms, but also in regard to artistic quality, if not all social groups are given access to higher education. This requires both a non-discriminatory application process and increased outreach activities with, for example, student ambassadors and collaboration with upper secondary schools and preparatory programs, as well as a digital open house as a supplement of the open house initiative. In general, earmarked resources should be allocated for recruitment and preliminary stu studies should be carried out to find effective methods and approaches. International commitment. The art and culture worlds are becoming even more internationalized. Currently, Kyo is relatively little involved in exchange programs with schools abroad, something that is a pity because studies at art educations in other countries can introduce students to new experiences, contacts and networks. Whether an exchange is, su uh, is succe successful or not depends largely on which institution the student has arrived at. It is therefore important that Kyo expands its network and affiliates itself with the most interesting artistic educations in culturally dynamic cities and regions, including outside of Europe. Because of budget cuts at Kyo, there are only limited opportunities to invite guest teachers and lecturers from abroad. Several departments have requested a guest teacher flat and Kyo should also be able to explore the possibility for sponsorship deals with hotel chains and implement long-term partnerships with art and culture institutions that have international residencies and exhibitions. Um, I think I will stop here because uh, the, next, the next part is about the economical aspect of Kyo, which is also very interesting, but uh, we like to focus a little bit on these first paragraph that were that were written and um, and I have to emphasize this is uh, I mean the way the e electoral program works is that this, these are two candidate candidates applying together so that was Montfanger uh, was uh, the rector candidate and Annelin Excelson who was the pro-rector candidate um, and uh, it's very interesting because these so these elections were in uh, I think March 2019 um, so this is almost a year after, a year before the BLM uh, protest and so on, um, and uh, and I I can't help seeing a lot of similarities uh, between this proposal and what you have also suggested. Although your suggestion is maybe more detailed and more focused, in particularly, yeah, in particular on the yeah on the, um, the curriculum perhaps and and the anti-discrimination plan and so on. But I, I see that there are a lot of links somehow. And of course, it's a different language. This is, um, this is the proposal that is more like, uh, yeah, it's a, of course a different language and has been written differently and so on. But uh, I just really would like to hear your, uh, your reaction on that, on that plan that was written uh, a little bit more than a year 
before you started to to work together on your on your proposal um uh, i think uh first we have to mention that uh rector did reply to our letter uh as well and um uh they also did mention that the things that we proposed in this in our letter were pretty much uh, the same or at least yeah most of it was the same as what he had proposed in when he was elected so he did mention that as well um and he was positive to our letter so it said also yeah yeah, yeah and uh, yeah and what was the question <laughs> yeah, uh, i don't know anymore because it's kind of it seems like basically there wasn't really a problem with your proposal no no and he was actually hired to do this job yes based on that plan which uh, was uh, democratically voted uh, by uh, yeah by the staff and students and so on a bit over a year before with over 60% of the vote, which is a lot. Yeah. Uh, we have to also mention that the, the competitor on the other side was uh, the previous rector, Jan Martinsen. Uh, so people could have, in a way, chosen to stay in a more comfortable position and have the same leadership. But there was a clear sign that uh, the, the staff and the students wanted a new leadership. Uh, and that was based on that uh, plan. And of course, we have to, to remind that it is, uh, uh, yeah, after two years or so of, of Me Too scandals and so on. And, and of course, these scandals just reflecting on a very long, sort of unfortunate tradition of uh, power abuse in the scene. <laughs> so in a way, it feels like, uh, yeah, I don't understand the problem. I have to say that it makes me, when hearing you read his proposal and knowing that he resigned, it makes me sad. Yeah, it's it's very unfortunate for Kiyu as an institution that someone like him have to leave because it's, uh, I mean... Maybe I just want to mention also the media should have done their research rather going on on a myth of something which was not true. Yeah, because the thing is that was quite interesting is that uh, just the idea of implementing the law, which is like anti-discrimination law, which is very basic for all uh, in educational institutions for the whole country, uh, was called identity politics. Mm. So uh, there's something I don't understand. It's sort of the translation of intention. Uh, not that there is anything wrong with identity politics, although this is a term that is usually being used to sort of discredit uh, the work and or experience of people. Uh, uh, in general, uh, probably as a coincidence of people of color. Mm. But also, uh, yeah, and I mean, it seems also that uh, this was, I mean, I don't know uh, Mons uh, personally at all. Uh, never met him, never saw him or, yeah, 
but it seems that I just know from his work that he has a very long actually experience on doing that kind of work and I mean he's of course a very known artist but uh, beside of that he's been also apparently um, yeah, an excellent uh, administrator uh, in other schools and he has done similar work before at the University of Art of Stockholm uh, if I'm not uh, mistaken uh, and um, yeah you can say like done the same reforms and I mean he made lots of courses and seminars and talks uh, on queer theory and post-colonial theory and so on so this is we're talking about someone that have uh, yeah 10 15 years of background of doing that exact work and was also elected with a really clear majority and we're talking about uh, also your letter that has been followed and sort of uh, wanted by a large majority of the students as well and all of this resulted in him leaving because uh, apparently of some sort of lack of neutrality or some kind of uh, political ideology uh, of some sort of identity politics and, and so on so it it seems that the work has been sabotaged at some level um, and in a very sort of shameful way, actually, mm. uh, and that who is paying the con who will pay the consequences will of course be the students uh, of that. And but one has to also say that uh, no matter, I mean, of course, Mons is now leaving, uh, but this plan that is has been voted will. That's what I think uh, will be worked on. Anyway, yes. Right. So we can say that the people that were like the opponents of this plan uh, has only managed in cosmetic uh, <laughs> sabotage. So um, fortunately, so uh, yeah. Should we play a little song uh, before we continue to discuss? Um, like, for example, from. Monster Magnet. But I, I didn't want to do any artwork with this thing. I just wanted to talk with interesting people. So I have with me uh, uh, several students that have been actually behind uh, this, what I, I would call anti-racist proposal, uh, which was uh, written in June 2020 on the aftermath uh, of the Black Lives Matter protests. Um, I also want to remind uh, our listeners that it is possible for you to uh, join this conversation somehow uh, by um, commenting on it or yeah, whatever. Uh, but also, uh, if you just want to play your favorite song, that's also possible. And the phone number is 9201307. 9201307. I have just read, uh, just for those I haven't uh, completely followed, um, I have just read the electoral program 
for Mons Range and uh, Anneline Axelsen. Um, and, uh, and this program was um, um, yeah, voted in uh, by over 60 or 70, I think, percent of uh, the staff and students last year. Uh, in, uh, I think, uh, February, March uh, 2019. And, and that was sort of the premises uh, uh, for uh, the election uh, of uh, Mons Wange. Uh, so, uh, and um, my very quick analysis is that, um, the analysis is that uh, there, is, there are a lot of similarities between that uh, proposal by Mons Wange and, um, and Anneline Axelsen and the proposal and the letter of the students, uh, this collective letter that was written and sent to the rest of the, rest of the staff uh, in, in, um, in June 2020, a little bit after a year, uh, yeah. So, uh, so it seems to me that there has been like a form of, yeah, um, uh, this, both discrediting the work of months that was, um, I mean, yeah, that have a, a very long experience actually on these issues, uh, both on how to uh, talk about it and how to deal with it. So uh, not only in the sort of discursive uh, aspect of it, but also in implementing uh, things that can actually create change within an education system. Um, we have been discussing the fact that Kyo as uh, an education, art educational uh, institution and being uh, the biggest art education institution uh, in the country has a, even a, yeah, a huge responsibility, uh, of course, for the scene, but of course for uh, its students. Uh, but uh, no, no matter how big or small the institution would be anyway, um, it is a part of this plan is, of course, based on a law uh, that is the anti-discrimination law, Elalika Stillings Loven. So, um, so all of these things um, sort of make me think that there's been like, yeah, both uh, an attempt um, to discredit the work of months, but also an attempt to discredit the, the work uh, of the students, because we have to, as the students have said themselves, I mean, this is work, this was intensive labor uh, coming from them, several, several, yeah, several weeks of work, um, several, work uh, several weeks of uh, collective work, which as we know is for those that know at least <laughs> very intensive and difficult and uh, yeah and they also uh, from the start I think had a very clear uh, democratic ambition by inv uh, inviting all the students into the conversation by representing all the different departments. Uh, Kiyo has six departments uh, so it's a yeah it's a lot of lots of students and lots of entry points into the into art into what art can be and how art can reflect on society and politics and so on. As we know, there is no, no such thing as a neutral art or apolitical art. Um, um, art is always made within a context and within its time. Uh, so that's also like, a, I think the proposal itself is very unproblematic in the sense that it reflects totally the need and urgency of our times. And um, and I also would like to remind that there has been a gathering of uh, over 150 students last week um, for yeah, um, an action of actually reading that letter and sort of everybody was that was against racism basically and against discrimi discrimination was invited to join 
Um, so again, uh, it seems like a very, yeah, uh, a strange development of the, of the discussion. I think after, I agree that, I mean, some people have said from the start, in a way, I mean, from the start, there has been, I think, from the start of the media coverage that it's important that the public is involved in a way or informed. And at that point, I agreed, but I have to say now, in retrospect, that it hasn't been a good thing that the media has sort of harnessed this case and making it into some sort of clickbait uh, chauvinist uh, show, shit show, somehow. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, because the result of that is that um, the students actually haven't had the chance to actually even discuss among themselves in sort of like a normal conditions, uh, the rector has uh, resigned. Not entirely because of that, but uh, partly because of that. And I'm confident that if this wouldn't have happened uh, in the way the case was covered, uh, I'm, I'm quite sure that Mons would have stayed, I think, in as, at his position. Um, so it's a pity for the students, I would say, and it's a pity for the art scene, um, because these are questions that are absolutely, uh, yeah, fundamental, I think, um, for, for, for artists that are practicing today in a way, but that will practice later. So all of these students being educated in this school need that curriculum to happen, need uh, this openness, need the discussions, need the forums, uh, need all of these things, even if people disagree and so on, which is, of course, totally normal and natural and, you know, uh, within a place that has so many different voices and so on. So, um, and, and again, um, by reading the proposal um, of months, I mean, you, you can see that there was a, also an emphasis that the, the educational program should also come from the students, that, uh, these, that the school should be able to sort of uh, embrace and incorporate uh, the students' needs and that should be quick uh, uh, yeah, answers to that and not to extreme long delays that make uh, things impossible to actually implement. Uh, that there was different ideas of, you know, organizing forums every month. I mean, there has, of, it exists already such forums, such as Open Forum and other, you know, public lectures and so on, but to kind of reinforce that aspect of, uh, discur yeah, discursive platforms. Um, so, uh, and of course, one thing that is very clear is that all social changes come from student bodies and student organizations and youth organizations and so on. So uh, this is not only expected, but that's also encouraged. I think in in most you you want to you want to have a critical uh, student uh, body. You want to have people raising their voices. You want uh, you want these things to happen. So we will uh, actually wrap it up a little bit on, um, for tonight. That was a very long conversation. I will uh, still leave the mic to our guests that certainly have uh, yeah, just thoughts and comments. And maybe I would like to know, how do you imagine now? Um, I mean, I, one of you is not at school anymore in that school, but uh, uh, yeah, two of you are still there. So how do you? Imagine this, this, uh, yeah, this next few months of your education at Kyo. Well, I have a message, first of all, to the media. 
they should educate themselves in what propaganda is. That's for one. So they can understand and smell when the propaganda comes. That's from me. Any uh, message to moms or to your other students that have been with you in this, uh, we can say this, what, what became a battle? I know that there is uh, a lot of uh, students who uh, are struggling now. Uh, and some, those who agree with the le our, our letter uh, they are in a way, uh, I, they don't know how to talk about it because of what happened outside of uh, school. So I know that they're struggling uh, and I hope we find a way to gather and uh, discuss these things and take it seriously, not just throwing it away somehow, thinking that it's not important. It's very important those issues we, we talk about in the letter. So it's it's people's lives. It's, uh, it's uh, something we have to learn to take seriously, I think. And uh, yeah. I think it's important also to mention that uh, listening to you read the original program you could call it um, and then hearing the letter earlier it kind of put into perspective this idea of, of the mirror that's I mean he kind of called for student engagement from bottom to top uh, implementing change so the letter in a sense is a mirror and just because the person goes away doesn't mean that the problem is eradicated and addressed in any way. And I think although we won't be able to, I mean, personally work on this project, you could say, uh, with Mons directly, the consequences, although very skewed and under-researched, as you've mentioned, there have been positive incidences as well. And I think it's really important to give attention to those. And I think I would just like to say, I really commend a lot of activities that have blossomed within the institution uh, since the beginning of the school term. There have been groups that have been forming, very important groups safe spaces for people that really need them and the activities that went on on Friday also is a message that I mean the person is gone but the program isn't and there is still uh, I think now more than ever space for for uh, discussion I think also um, maybe the main difference uh, in a sense between the proposal of months and the letter that we wrote is that I, when you read it today, I 
um, remember the people speaking about their experiences very much based on Kyo students' experiences. And those experiences are still there and there are more to come. So um, I think we, uh, the students at the school have to keep talking about what they experience at the school and make sure that the change is made. And I mean, it's, it seems that in any way, um, I mean, Mons mentions also the question of artistic relevance and artistic quality. So it's also, in a way, it either the school changes or it just becomes less and less relevant mm. um, for Norway, for Oslo, um, and within the Nordic context. Um, so it's also, I think this is also kind of um, um, to be seen in parallel. And um, yeah, so um, if there isn't any more comments from your side, I just um, want to say that I'm uh, I'm really uh, grateful that we had that discussion because even for me that have followed the case as much as I could, I have to admit that uh, the confusion that the media have kind of done, I mean, uh, um, consciously or unconsciously, uh, is, uh, has been, yeah, has made it very difficult uh, for me to follow in a way, uh, and I, I'm, I'm sure for lots of people, and I feel that that discussion in a way set, kind of, set back like the premises and the kind of fundamental, um, yeah, questions that you had, and I also hope that uh, I also see that um, um, this action that was made last week, for example, and I, of course I'm not fully aware of everything that is happening at school since I'm not a student there or teaching there or anything. I think this is, as you said, uh, very, very positive. So this is inevitable, actually, that the change will come, I, I think. And I hope that, um, um, that the staff, uh, the teachers, uh, will be able to embrace uh, that change coming and I'm sure that many are uh, supportive, uh, some very supportive, some maybe uh, perplexed, some are scared perhaps, some, yeah, they, they, they are, there is plethoras of different sort of reactions to it, of course, but I think generally I think, um, of course, as a teacher, uh, you want to have your students being engaged, you want to have your students being critical also to yourself uh, and to, to yeah, uh, so this is a yeah, if I was teaching there, I think I would say, yeah, I would be very, very proud uh, of this. Even if that would mean that I will have to reconsider my position and my knowledge and so on. Um, so that's, yeah. Uh, so kudos to all of you and to the students that are following up, uh, following in your path as well. Um, and the people that have supported. Um, and uh, yes, that was it for tonight, I think. Um, we will uh, have some music and I wish everybody a good evening. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.